Is it possible to homeschool some of your kids while others stay in public school? What if you have that complicated situation where you're a blended family? And what if your spouse isn't 100% on board with you homeschooling? My guest today is Keisha Bailey, and she shares her journey from getting pregnant at 18, navigating a blended family, and how she convinced a spouse that wasn't on board with homeschooling to let her continue homeschooling. If you've ever wondered how to make a complicated homeschooling side of homeschool CEO work, this is the episode for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Um, I've been homeschooling for about 15 years, um, kind of on and off. Um, I am a birth doula, fertility specialist, and lactation consultant. And so I run, most of my services are available virtually. Um, and I do that alongside raising five kids and homeschooling them all. Wow, you are a rock star. So I know, just because I know a little bit of your backstory, so let's share that. So you, you're a blended family. Yes. And how many kids do you have total? So total, we actually have seven um, blended. Um, two of them were adults when my husband and I met and, and got together. So I didn't take any part in raising them. Two of them were mine biologically. Two of them were his biologically when we married. And then we um, completed our family with one of ours together. Kind of sounds like my, mine and my husband. We're, we're a blended family as well. So um, been there, done that. We have one together as well. We had two from his first marriage, one from mine. And um, together, we kind of made the Brady Bunch. So we're there too. So you have a really unique story in the fact that you've tried with your kids. You've done public school, private school. Tell me a little bit about your experience, like why you started homeschooling, why, You know the journey of when they went back and tried it again, and how that kind of all transpired for you. Um, yeah, so um, when my oldest son was born, I was a really young mom. Um, I got pregnant at 18 and had him. I was 19 years old. Everything was kind of new. I thought I knew everything. Um, and I just kind of did the standard, you have kids, you put them in school. That's what happens. So I put him into kindergarten, and um, he did really well in kindergarten. For first grade, he, of course, had a new teacher, um, and it just got off to a really bad start that year. Every day was crying and um, not wanting to go to school, not wanting to get up and get ready. There were kids in this class being mean to him. Um, The teacher wasn't really stepping up and intervening and helping to protect him. Um, And I started looking for other solutions. Like I didn't want my child to go to school every day crying and not liking it. That couldn't have possibly been a good learning environment for him. He wasn't learning. It was full of trauma and stress for him. So when I started researching, um, we are blessed to live in Texas, which is one of the most free homeschool states that there are. Mm -hmm. Um, We have 
very minimal laws to follow. Um, and when I started researching, initially I was like, I, you know, am still so young. I don't even have a college degree. I can't possibly educate my child. But then after getting into some communities and some talking to some other moms that were homeschooling, I was so blessed that they could kind of mentor me and coach me into, yes, you can do this. You know, God gave me this child. He blessed me with this child. He's going to create a way um, and give me the education and every tool that I need to be able to raise that child the way he needs to be raised. And so I just took a leap of faith and I said, I'm done fighting him every day. I'm done watching my baby cry every time I take him to school. Um, so I went in um, when I went to pick him up that day and withdrew him. I never looked back, really. Um, we had a great time. We went out and saw the sights and did all the things and went to the park. And learning was just a part of our daily routine. It wasn't that we were sitting down at a table and working in workbooks and learning the, you know, proper grammar and, you know, learning nouns and verbs and, you know, practicing math. We were learning how all of our education applies to our daily walk, our daily life. And that was kind of open, that opened new eyes for me, um, a new path for me. It just every day that we did that, I became more and more confident in my process. Going back into public school, when my husband and I first married and blended our family, his kids were public school kids. So mm -hmm. my kids had never set foot in a public school since my oldest was in first grade. They didn't really understand or what they were missing. They didn't know they were missing anything. Um, and so when we married and kind of blended our kids together, um, they wanted to try it. They wanted to go to school. They wanted to have that group of friends um, and and have that that togetherness um, that they got, that the other kids were getting in our family. And so I, I decided that I would let them try because I felt like they should have somewhat of a say. It's their education and it is their life. And I'm here to guide them. But they should have a say. There's no harm in trying it out. So the re-enrollment process in Texas was super easy to get them back into class, into the classroom. And we tried it um, for about a year and a half. Um, and both of them said, no, I think I'd rather homeschool. <laughs> um, and so back to homeschool we went. I didn't blink an eye. I didn't question. I said, you've tried it. You know what you want now. And so we're going to go for it. And just withdrew them and finished it out. Nice. Now, was your husband on board with that since he was later added to the picture? Was he on board with them coming home from public school back to homeschooling? Not really. Um, and and his biological children are still in public school. They had no desire to try homeschool. One of them graduate has since graduated, and the younger of the two is um, 16, a sophomore in high school, um, and he really enjoys that that friend base. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't pressure his kids into choosing that path. He really didn't think that um, education could happen at home. He didn't understand it. Um, but we've been doing it now um, for the second time for about three years, two and a half, three years now. And um, I think he's coming on board. Um, he sees that our youngest isn't really school age yet. He's four. He's kind of pre um, but he sees that he's already recognizing numbers and adding and subtracting and, you know, starting to pick letters off of pages and, and put words together and sounds together. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you can teach him that, do we really need to, to move forward in a public school setting? So 
Right, right. Because you have the youngest one is your guys' together. So that would be the one where he would really have more of a say-so on what you guys plan to do. Interesting. So what conversation, because we a lot of people in our audience do have this conversation where one of the spouses wants to homeschool and the other one, you know, they were raised in public school or traditional school setting and that's what they want for their children. And so there's kind of this battle even within the marriage. So what were some things that you said to your husband when you decided to bring them home to kind of assure him that the kids would be learning and that education can take place outside of a traditional setting? Um, that was a tricky conversation to navigate because my husband is pretty set in his ways um, and he's hard to convince. And I don't even think that now he's even 100% on board, um, but he's starting to open his eyes a little bit. Our conversations kind of went, you know, hey, the kids want to homeschool and they don't want to go back to public school. And he was kind of like, well, school is their job and that's what they need to be doing. And how are you going to work and and see your client and be able to still make sure they get an education? And I kind of just told him that um, we were going to try it. And if it didn't work out, that I wouldn't be closed-minded to going back to public school. But I felt like for the kids' emotional health, um, that this was important. And for, even for my emotional health, this was important. Um, because we had had a bond. Our, my children and I had a really close bond. Being their educator and their primary caregiver for all these years prior. So it was kind of important. It's a little selfish of me, but it was kind of important to me that we had that bond as well and had that time. And so he he ended up saying, well, you're not forcing them to do it. This is they want to do it and you want to do it. And as long as they're learning, we can try it with the understanding that we might rethink public school if it came to it. Three years in, it hasn't come to that. Awesome. And that's what I always tell parents who, you know, they are in a marriage where one of the spouses aren't necessarily involved or not necessarily on board with homeschooling. Sometimes that's what it takes is let's just try it and let's have everybody agrees to have an open mind. And if it doesn't work, you know, there's always the option to go back to traditional school. You know, that door isn't closed. It's not a situation where if you leave the traditional school setting, they kick you out and you're ostracized and you can never come back. That door is always open. So let's talk about your business because that was one of your husband's concerns. You said, how would you see your clients and balance this homeschooling gig? How can you do both? So let's talk about what your day looks like, your type of homeschooling. Like, How do you make this work in your life? So the first and most important thing is to make sure that my time is blocked out appropriately. Um, I do all of my back-end office work, you know, updating my contracts, doing my email marketing and my networking on social media, either early in the morning before the kids wake up or later in the evening after the kids go to bed. Um, sometimes it's both um, and I lose some sleep because work has to get done. But I make sure that the time that my children are awake is majority spent focused with them and work outside of those parameters to get all of my office type stuff done for my employment, for my company. Then, you know, I still have to see clients. They're not usually available at 5 a.m. or at midnight when I'm doing that type of office work and, and uninterrupted. Luckily, 
in my personal situation, I have older kids that um, are really responsible and they are open to sitting and playing with the four-year-old while I do a conference call or do um, a prenatal meeting with a, with a client. Um, if I didn't have that and if I didn't have them, I would have to utilize either some type of childcare service or a grandma or something like that because I can't take my kids with me in to see a client. Right. Um, outside of that, I try to schedule all of my client meetings when my husband's home. Sometimes he, it does take a partnership. Sometimes he has to schedule a vacation day so that I can get, you know, five or six clients done that day um, because I have a lot coming up. Um, sometimes um, I'll schedule, I'll work on an all day on a Saturday to be able to um, see everybody and get everything done. Um, luckily, the time that I spend face-to-face with clients is doesn't take nearly as much time out of my schedule as the back end, the research, the emailing, the networking, and that type of stuff. So it's minimal time away from my family. I love that. So do you think that you have created your business to work around homeschooling, or do you think you've actually just created homeschooling to work around your business? Like, which one kind of becomes an anchor in your life? I actually think it's a little of both. Um, it, it's a little of both because for our family, we don't, we don't do a whole lot of book work and a whole lot of sit down and, you know, read out of a book and write a paper. We do, um, some people call it unschooling. Others call it life schooling. Um, I just call it, we do life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, you know, everything, even into adulthood is all about education. We're, we never stop learning in life. And so it's important to, to kind of set that example for the kids. And so sometimes they're integrated in with my work. Sometimes my, my 12 year old daughters helped me with my social media marketing and, <laughs> and editing some videos and things for, um, for my clients and, and stuff. So, you know, I kind of integrate them in, but I definitely think it's a balance, um, between the two. If my business is really needing me at the moment, then the specific detailed attention to homeschool kind of takes a step back. It's put on the back burner. The business takes over for a little bit. And then as soon as I can step away, then homeschool becomes the focus and their education and catering to them becomes the focus. Yes. Yes. I love that. And that's what I always talk with entrepreneurs who are thinking about homeschooling. Cause a question we get all the time is like, how do you balance both? And Balance is such an elusive word. It's like chasing that carrot, you know, at the end of the stick, like it just keeps moving. You can't balance. Sometimes, like you said, it's your business that's going to be the forefront. And sometimes it's homeschooling. And it's kind of this give and take where you have to decide each day, like what your priorities are for each season of life, each day, each week. And eventually it all gets done. So I know something that you had said to me a while back was talking about how you find learning in the middle of chaos. So can you talk a little bit about like, what does that mean to you when your life is chaotic? How are your kids still learning? Um, so that's a really good question. Um, I think, um, when life is chaotic and, and things are coming at you from every direction and you're just trying to just stay afloat. Um, the kids are learning, number one, to be supportive. They're learning how to be an assistant to the boss. Um, they're learning how to what they can do 
to to be beneficial as part of the family unit. They're learning how to um, actually see and take action on tasks that need to get done rather than waiting to be told to get those things done. And I think all of those, while they may not be what you would consider traditional education, they're not, it's not book learning, but it's extremely necessary to be a productive member of society and to grow up and be able to either run your own company or run as someone else's company or work in any industry whatsoever. To be a good employee, you have to be able to see problems and address it. And so they're learning those types of life skills in the midst of the chaos. And they're learning how to stay calm under pressure and just take it one thing at a time and get it all done. Yes. Yes. It's those soft skills that they're learning just by being around the business and their family. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now let's talk about some strategies that you use to make it all work in your family, because you do have a bigger family. You are running your business. So what is something that you do on a regular basis that kind of brings some calmness to the chaos that just kind of makes it all work at the end of the day? Um, The first thing is I have a chore chart. (laughs) Um, And I I rotate the kids' chores um, on a weekly basis so that none of them feel overwhelmed. But it takes 80% of the household work off of my plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm needing to focus on the business, I know that the dishes are still getting washed. The laundry is still getting changed. The floors are still getting swept. The TV is still getting dusted. Um, you know, all of those things that, that would cause me stress because I, I can't stand clutter. I can't stand a chaotic environment, especially when the life itself is so chaotic at times to add to that. So um, that's number one is to make sure that they have very um, set schedules and set chores. So they know every day before they get up that they can go and look at their chart and says, okay, at, you know, 10 o'clock this morning, I have to, you know, do the dishes and then I have to, you know, prepare lunch for the kids, you know, for for everybody in the house. I have to um, sweep the floors tonight before I go to bed. So they it's visualized and it's there laid out for them. They don't have to come ask me anything. They know exactly what needs to be done every day. I love that. We implemented chores charts too with the four kids and we rotated same thing. Like one kid did all the laundry and then it shifted to the next one. Somebody did all the dishes because the same thing. I found that they got really good at the one chore versus trying to have them do five chores of all of these different things. Like they had one major chore that that was assigned to them and they did it with excellence and the same thing. So I, you know, people laugh at me because they would say, well, how did you keep up on the laundry? I said, well, I did. I didn't do the laundry. Like that was always a kid's chore that dishes were kids. They did all of the vacuuming because I worked, you know, so that's how things had to happen. I love that. Okay. So one of the other things that a lot of our audience struggles with is extracurricular activities. So how do you fit those in when you have this thriving business, when you're homeschooling kids, like where does that fit into your lifestyle? So we don't do traditional extracurriculars, like any kind of team sports. We don't go to karate class. We don't go to gymnastics class. We don't go to dance class, but we do um, integrate play groups um, and co-op well, 
not traditional co-ops. We get togethers is probably a more appropriate word. So they get interaction with other kids their age, but we don't do anything that's organized. So none of that stuff is on my schedule. Um, I don't have a six o'clock gymnastics class to get somebody to. I'm not a soccer mom. I'm not running everybody everywhere. And that's kind of a sacrifice that the kids have had to make a little bit because some of them have been interested or wanting to pursue things like that. Um, We find alternatives. So instead of doing a consistent dance class, we get together and have a dance instructor that meets one time to give some basic dance instruction and kind of see how they like it on a Saturday afternoon or something that works with our schedule. Um, But not that's a long-term commitment that's going to take away from that. We do also um, do horseback riding. My daughter is really into horseback riding, but we don't do formal lessons. We pay for just random lessons. So instead of being committed to go at a specific time and day every week, it's like, hey, we have some free time next Saturday. Why don't we schedule in a lesson? Um, Because it's not something that she's going to move on to do later in life. Um, that she's going to, it's not a skill she's learning for an employment or, or a career later on. It's just something fun to keep her busy. Right. Yeah. So how do you decide what the kids participate in or what they're learning? How do you decide what they're learning for unschooling? Um, they learn what they want. So for example, um, yesterday, my daughter came to me and said, she's really into, um, one of the newer singers rule. and um, she found that he's not coming to our area for a concert and she really would like to go to his concert in Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) So um, I said, okay, great. Why don't you look up airline tickets, rental car, um, hotel, find out how, you know, where the venue is, the concert tickets, put together a package. How much money do we need and when do we need it by? And how can we, then earn that money to go there. Well, that's all education. She's learning how to book travel plans. She's learning money and budgeting. She's learning math because that goes right along with that. She's learning research because she's having to look into all of this stuff and find the best place. She's learning maps because she's having to find the closest hotel to the venue where the concert is. You know, all of these things come into that. And it's simply because she wants to go to this concert. Well, because she wants to go to the concert, she's eager to look that stuff up and to find that stuff. And it's an experience that she's having. So that's kind of how we do our unschooling process. Um, And anything that she comes to me with that she's interested in, that's how we tend to move forward with that. I find ways to send them on the search of information on topics that intrigue them. I love that. And then also because they're interested in it, they remember. Like it sinks in because, you know, I think back to school and how many facts, you know, was they were poured into me and I memorized them to regurgitate them for a test, but I have no long-term recollection of any of them. But yet if it was something that I was interested in when I was five years old and I researched it, I remember that because I was interested and that just makes such a difference in the learning experience. Now, have you come up with any struggles between having some kids that are in traditional school settings versus some that are um, homeschooled? Like, is there any problems within the family of the siblings, one group doing one thing, one group doing the other? 
Um, the biggest problem that I think that we've run into is that with some of them being in traditional school, they're not home all day. So a lot of our chores and work and things that we do happen all day long through the day when one of the kids isn't here to do it. And so, you know, if his chore, say, is taking out the trash, but the trash is full at noon and he's still in school, we can't leave the trash full until he gets home. So then somebody has to step in and take care of that. And so it's balancing those have been a little bit of a struggle. Um, learning how to kind of explain to the kids and have them understand, number one, life isn't always fair. And sometimes you're going to have to pick up the slack of someone else. Um, and it's not that he's slacking necessarily. He's just not here to do it. And it still needs to be done. So things like that um, have been a little bit of a struggle. But I think we we navigate it pretty well most of the time. Good deal. So what has probably been your biggest learning lesson or your biggest takeaway from running your business while homeschooling? I think my my biggest lesson is to stop trying to be everything for everybody. I don't have to do all the things. I don't have to always be available, even for my children. And that's really hard as a mom to have to say, you know what, I'm sorry, but I am just not available to help you through this emotional crisis right now. You're going to have to go take a breather. When I get finished, we'll talk it through. Um, and that's, it's really hard to have to tell your kids no in a time when they feel like they need you. But I think um, we, we navigate that most of the time fairly well. The kids are starting to understand. I think now the, the four-year-old is the one that's really having a hard time with it right now. Yeah, because at four, you don't really understand everything that's going on. So that's, you know, that's just life experiencing and learning things as you go, for sure. Right. Yeah, I totally get that. All right. So if you were sitting down to coffee with an entrepreneur who was considering homeschooling, but kind of questioning whether or not she could really make it all work, what would you tell her? Um, I would tell her um, that you have approximately 12 to 13 years um, to do the book work for school and that it all doesn't have to be done right away. That um, someone once told me what a four-year-old can learn in a month, a five-year-old can learn in a week, and a six-year-old can learn in a day. If you wait until the child's ready to receive that information, everybody's happier and it's easier all the way across the board. So, so wise. What a great quote. And then lastly, Keisha, can you tell our audience where they can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website um, is blendedbaileys.wixsite.com forward slash birth and baby. Um, on Facebook, they can search Blended Baileys. Um, and then I have a private Facebook group for um, pregnant expecting or women struggling with fertility. Um, that is Blended Bailey's birth and babies. And you said that's on Facebook, correct? It is. It is. Perfect. And I'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes as well for everybody so you can connect with Keisha. Well, I want to thank you so much again for being here. It has been such a great time talking with you. And I can't wait for you to connect with our audience. And thank you again for being part of the Homeschool CEO community. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Wow. Keisha is a rock star, isn't she? I love how she gave her kids a say in their education. 
I know as a parent that sometimes that is so hard to do to let your kids take responsibility and choose, especially when it may not be the choice that we would make. Now, if you would like to connect with Keisha, you can do so by reaching out to her on social media, as well as connecting with her inside our free homeschool CEO community. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway from today's episode? Send me a message on Instagram and let me know. I want to hear from you. I'll see you next week. Hey friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.